This is this is our opportunity, Dave. We can say whatever the hell we want. Oh, thank God. It's about yeah. time for a mutiny on this pod here. God damn. The blues. <laughs> All he talks about is the blues. Ugh, woof. I get it. They're 4 0. Oh, it. what a great team. You have Bennington as a goalie. <laughs> <laughs> Who else do they really have? I mean, Tarasenko is just playing so he can get traded. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Cairo. He oh, he's, he'll slow down. Don't even let me get started on that mascot. Mike. <laughs> oh, I'm David Perron. Look at me score points. Oh. I love that we wait that he's gone so he can't say it to his face. Hey there, loyal listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the PHFHL Fantasy Podcast. I guess fantasy is duplicated in there, but that's okay. As we've covered previously, we're bad at names. I am, as always, your host, Matt. Great to be back here talking with my pals, talking hockey. Uh, first off, we got Ty. Ty, thank you for you know always being there, for being my rock. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I feel like I always like struggle with this. I don't know. I know you're going to throw it to me, but I always feel like I'm unprepared for, like with what I need to say. <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm, that's all. I'm just doing well. Well, you know, uh, until you pointed it out, you never would have known. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Joining us as well today, the hammer himself, Dave. Dave, how are you feeling? Thanks for joining us. Oh, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, have a bit of a hangover after that uh, 7-1 drubbing that the Penguins handed the Leafs. That is nope, a hangover. Think... We just lost them. Oh, no. <laughs> you, Dave, did you navigate away from the from the app? Yeah, yeah, I guess my my screen just shut off. <laughs> Want to run that again? <laughs> <laughs> and he's back. And I'm nice. back. Uh, oh, well, Dave, it's good to have you. If I can you. offer you any advice, and please know that this is all going to stay in the podcast. <laughs> um, oh, perfect. I would uh, I would go right. ahead and turn off your uh, your auto function or your auto lock function. You go ahead and uh, I would say go ahead and do that right now while I kick through the headlines. Uh, big time point. <laughs> <Will> do. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> Best intro of the year so far. Uh, so yeah, let's look at the headlines. I think first and foremost, the biggest news: uh, Seattle Kraken had their home opener. They had a raucous crowd. Uh, they they retired the number thirty-two, which my first reaction oh. was kind of lame, but a good effort, but. They came up short yet again to a late push by the the Knucks. Did you catch any of that uh, opener last night, Ty? What do you think? Yeah, I caught a little bit of it. Um, that is just the cringiest thing. Jersey retirement, first day, number 32, because you had, what, 32,000, what was it, uh, seats or tickets sold right at the start, right? 32,000 deposits for the first day uh, for season tickets, yeah. Yeah. 30 seconds. I don't know. I, I didn't love it. Like, I get it. Like, I guess if you're trying to make it a fan experience, like whatever down the road, like everybody's gonna be like, what the heck's that 32 for? But Hey, whatever. Um, yeah, I thought it was good. Good on the Canucks. You know, there's nothing better to start a rivalry than taking the, their first ever home opener, you know, and I thought they were going to win. And then the Canucks, did you see Connor Garland? Oh, it like, was fantastic. the heckling of the fan. And then he goes and he just stares at him. I was like, <laughs> That is the greatest thing ever. Like yeah, right uh, after he scored his goal? Yeah. Yeah. Like right <laughs> after he just stared, like death stared. It was wicked. But no, good on the Canucks. Uh, it's, it's, 
yeah, Seattle's not going to be, it's going to be a long season. Sorry. And I already see on Twitter, they're already saying fire Hackstall. So everything's right in the <laughs> NHL. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I'm glad uh, there's another fan base that overreacts after about six games. But uh, <laughs> I, I saw most of the game. It was great. Uh, great atmosphere in there. Uh, a shame they couldn't take it home. They looked really good against Vancouver anyway uh, until about the third period. But uh, yeah, I like it. Welcome to the league, I guess. And uh, no one can play as uh, number 32. As I said, like I, I, I was kind of in the same mindset as you are, Ty. I, I thought it was kind of cringy. But then I, I actually read the article and, and I didn't get to hear what they were saying at the time of the game. Um, so I didn't quite hear it in, in the moment. They, they, they were doing it kind of as fan recognition. I think once you put it into that context and once you put it into the context of Seattle Seahawks, one of the things that they're known for is their, their 12th man, the, which is the fans. Uh, and they they do they're hugely impactful um, to the Seahawks. I've been there. They're they're like two false starts a game average is is wild, and it is something the fans and they, the fans are engaged with and are passionate about. I don't know how that will translate to hockey because it's you know you can't really do that impact that same way. But I thought it was really smart once I really looked at it and I thought this is a team that knows it's going to have a rough year. They're recognizing the fans. They're engaging the fans in a way that. I would not be surprised at all if we see relatively regular callbacks to this, if the number 32 starts to really become a thing for them. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I was, my first reaction was I didn't love it, but I, I think they have more cooked up. I think you're going to see this is going to become a part of the franchise. So, yeah, but I get that, but I like Columbus's thing is the fifth line, right. And they refer them to like, that's their fans is the fifth line in Columbus. And they also have that bang and cannon. Right. But uh, I, I get like acknowledging your fans and doing all that and making it organic. But on the first day to retire number 32, and we're making, I'm probably making a too big of a deal about this. I just thought, okay, this is a little bit over the top. And you said that you knew it was going to be lean. They just went and signed like Philip Grubauer. I don't think this team had like any goals to suck this year. You know what I mean? But yeah. you do have a terrible GM and a completely average coach that couldn't make it in Philadelphia. So I guess that's Okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, like, I think what Vegas has done over the last few years, like, in the Vegas is, like, that's over the top. I thought. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, but that's, they didn't retire 31, right? No, but do, I think. when you look at some of the, like, <laughs> you look at some of the light shows and, like, some of the, I don't know if you remember the, the some of their playoff runs when they had, uh, like, medieval times basically on the ice pregame, like, come You're on. telling me you don't like that that guy? in Golden Knight gear, going out with a sword and stabbing it in the center of the ice? You're telling nope. me that doesn't get that doesn't wet your whistle? I'm on board with that, but I'm also on board with the fan recognition in That's Seattle. true. That's true. You're, you're the one that flip-flopped that. <laughs> I'm not flip-flopping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate the number 30. Who is Tyler, really? He says he loves <laughs> fan recognition. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I'm saying I thought it was a little, uh, a little cringy. I think what Vegas does is is fine. It's Vegas that that whole town is glitz and glamour. So, hey, I guess I'm a little bit on Vegas' side more. That's all. In the weirdest way, that totally sums it up too. Like it's Vegas. That's all you need to say. It, yeah. It's Vegas. You know, yeah. So they're they're gonna do it up big. Hey, did you see though? Before we leave the Seattle, did you see on Twitter, Matt? Your uh, your boys uh, referenced your your Starbucks man bun night. 
I didn't, um, but I do have to pause this real quick and jump away because uh, my phone's blowing up for something that I got to take care of. Um, okay. All right. So let's try to jump back on track. Ty, you were saying something about uh, where the, the boys were mocking some man bun in Starbucks? Yeah. So like we tweeted, who knew hipsters were so into hockey? You know, referencing the 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 fan and uh, the the fans in Seattle, and then yeah. one of the Chicago boys said maybe they will have a Starbucks man bun night. And I remember you were listening to one of their pods, <laughs> and they referenced that. And you you said, "I'll actually let you I'll, you take it from here." Yeah, well that that's great. Um, I can't wait. We we definitely have to uh, record with those boys. Have a good time with that. That was on the. Uh, I don't think that there's anything wrong with giving a little shout out. Was it the two for roughing podcast? I think um, they had uh, the Tomahawk boys on there. No, it was 30 uh, Broadway. Wasn't it? I think it was the Broadway one. The Broadway. Uh, who knows? Yeah. All kinds of books right now. It definitely wasn't cracking the ice or, uh, <laughs> or the Christina crew. No, uh, it definitely wasn't two from the point. All those free plugs. Uh, you're welcome. Face off hockey network. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> great podcast. Check them all out. Uh, but yeah, the boys were doing a rundown of, of the league or of, of the teams. I think they're, they're talk sharks. And yeah, that was the, was it, I think it was Eric Carlson looks like a guy with a man bun writing his novel at a Starbucks. And I heard that. And I, I wrote Ty. I was like, do these guys know what I look like? Like, why are they? <laughs> so if we get a record of them, I'm just going to pop on the zoom with my man bun up turtleneck scarf. Full on like Starbucks <laughs> cup, just ready to go. Love it. <laughs> right to Chuck. We're gonna have to cut half of that terrible story out of this podcast. But <laughs> uh, let's get back to the headlines. Vander Kane, twenty-one game suspension. Uh, this kind of happened uh, at the start of the week, but uh, we didn't catch it last week on our pod. Uh, twenty-one game suspension. The team is firing on all cylinders without him, uh, and I don't think it's to a stretch to say that. In terms of pure hockey ability, he is by far their best player, but they're looking great. Um, what do you think? Is he going to play for them this season? Is he going to come back? Or are they just are they going to find a way of uh, kind of sending him off on his own somehow? Well, I, you know, I can't see him playing uh, this year for San Jose. Not only, you know, is he winning all of these really stupid prizes for playing these stupid games, Um <laughs> He nobody wants him back, from what I hear. Like, you know, all of you hear a bunch of his teammates, um, not necessarily stoked that he's around. Not that he is, but you know, not speaking so highly of him. Um, I think management uh, is going to find a way to kind of keep him away from the team until they can figure out what to do with him. Uh, and I don't think that's necessarily the worst thing. Um, like you said, you know, San Jose. Who knew they'd start? What four now? They started four now. Was it anyway? Think, far too yeah, many so... wins, far, far <laughs> fewer losses than we thought. Um, yeah. So I feel like management's probably going to find a way to, you know, some some mystery injury that keeps him on the LTIR or something like that, just to just to keep the 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 chemistry in the room high, I guess. When he comes back, like from his suspension, if he's ready to play physically, and, and there's nothing that they can, you know, do do you think another team takes a shot on him? Do you think? San Jose would even be willing to part with that because again, he is, he's 30 years old. He's still playing like really, really some of his best hockey, you know? Yeah. Like last year was his best hockey he's ever played. Like if you look at like points per game and all that, he was a beast out there and they still sucked, but so he's, he must be a problem because they're doing their four and one. But um, I was listening to Frank uh, Cervelli and 
Elliot Friedman and all that. And and it's interesting. They have like three options, right? They have they can try and trade him, but really, who wants to take seven million dollars? And it seems like everywhere he goes, uh, drama follows, right? You had the Winnipeg incident with Dustin Bufflin, you had the Buffalo O incident, and now you got San Jose, which is he got the fake COVID ID stuff. You have uh, the wife <laughs> accusations. It's just it's wild. So no, I don't think anybody's going to trade him. And really, why would any GM with half a brain, you know, I guess maybe Dubas might trade for him. Who knows? They, oh, it seems like there's time to get. But um, nobody's going to trade for Evander Kane, right? He does well. Dubas does like overpaid players, so so that's that. And then the other thing is, they uh, can they suspend him? Yeah, they could probably suspend him. Some like the Sharks can suspend him. I know at the end of last year, they uh, I was listening to their pregame like. Um, their after season meetings and all that. And I guess a lot of the things that were, that were coming out was, Hey, we really don't want this guy around, right? Like we don't want yeah. him in the locker room. We don't want anything like that. So I guess this, this past week they've been looking in ways that they could like, you know, th- you know, Mike Richards, the contract. Remember when Philadelphia did that with Mike Richards. Um, and right now they can't. So they're stuck with the Vander Kane. The plus is, if they somehow can keep him away from the team and they buy him out at the end of the year because you can't buy out a player mid-season, the cap hit actually isn't too bad. It's not like Ryan Suter numbers, right? So it would be like 3.6 then the first year, 2.6, then 4.6, and then everything for the following three years is under two. So it's actually not bad at all. So what I think is going to happen is, hey, Vander, figure your life out, whatever. You, you've done this to yourself everywhere you've been. And at the end of the year, we'll just cut you because nobody's taking on $7 million. And why would the Sharks want to retain half of that? I mean, the only the only place I can see him really going is Arizona. <laughs> As they've been on this <clears throat> this run of just accepting, you know, poor contracts. Even then, though, it, it, you have to imagine the Sharks are going to have to pay up to, to ship them that way. Yeah, you know, and what right? is it, like six years still, right? So how many first-round picks? Right. The COVID vax card was an especially odd choice. Uh, because you don't have to be vaccinated to play. Todd Bertuzzi, or no, Todd, <laughs> I don't know his, his vaccination status. Um, Todd Bertuzzi is, uh, is not vaccinated. Uh, I think they I read today he's the only active player still uh, not vaccinated. And segueing on that, Mackenzie Blackwood has just recently gotten his vaccination. Can't help but wonder if maybe it was the fact that he was on the short list for Canada's Olympic team. And, you know, that's probably a pretty big career goal for, I think, any hockey player. And that's probably also a potential path to a bigger payday down the road. So I watched the Flames and uh, Red Wings game the other day. And Tyler Bertuzzi is a pretty hell of a player, right? He's going to be he's, – he's quite – he's really good. But um, Calgary Flames had an incident where – I don't know the full status because Bradshaw Living hasn't come out, but Tyler Parson wasn't invited to the AHL camp and he wasn't invited to the NHL camp. Guess who was sitting right beside the Flames as a spectator that game? He lives in Michigan, Tyler Parsons. So I, um, I, don't, I don't know why. I guess Canada's a little bit stricter, but yeah, if you're going to stick to your guns, you're going to stick to your guns. And I, I imagine the outside pressure, like Mackenzie Blackwood, you know, he saw, hey, if I'm going to be shortlisted for Team Canada, that don't have a ton of Canadian goalies that are way above me, especially with Carey Price out, right? Maybe yeah. maybe this is the time to do it. I, I do have to say, though, the pressure that these – like, and I'm not pro-vax, anti-vax, whatever, but I can't imagine the, the pressure of Tyler Bertuzzi right now as the only one that's not vaccinated. 
and he's and he's sitting out games. Uh, yeah, I feel like a lot of it too. I mean, be Mackenzie Blackwood for a second, and and you're this heralded goaltender, young upcomer, and you've got this great opportunity in New Jersey, and you know maybe, you know maybe there's a chance that he loses that opportunity because he sat out, you know, a few games. Um, not only can he not play in Canada, he also can't play in New York. He can't play in San Jose. Um, so there are smaller municipalities that are, you know, putting up a stink about it. Um, you know, he's a young kid and he wants to play. He wants to get that payday. Sure, Team Canada is probably in the back of his mind. But right now, maybe it's more about his future and being that number one in New Jersey. He doesn't want to give up that that shot, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I think that that's, that's it. I, we all, <laughs> think, you know, if I can, you know, be a little philosophical, we all face these these same pressures, uh, maybe on different scales, but uh, yeah, we have to make that decision for ourselves. I know it's 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 difficult decision. I think for some people, and, uh, so and I, I do want to I do want to piggyback off that. Not um, what do you guys think about? I think this year we've seen more players that are fully vaccinated test positive. Do you? But there's no symptoms. Like Nathan McKinnon had two positive tests, sat out the first three games. But he then said, hey, I was feeling fine. And now the NHL is looking at changing things where they only test when they see symptoms. Well, from what I understand is the NHL is probably the most strict in terms of testing throughout all the major sports leagues, Um, NBA, NFL, all that kind of stuff. Um, You're not getting tested near as much as you would in the NHL. So I could see them relaxing their, their standpoint or their policy on it, especially to Ty's point, like McKinnon felt fine. They're all, you know, they're all double vaxxed now. They're all feeling good. They're all safe. Um, so maybe it is time to just kind of dial it back and go back to normal a little bit. I would, I'd push back on that a little bit. I'm sure that the, the league is facing a lot of financial pressures and, uh, and social pressures, you know, cut it back because they, maybe they're going further than other sports leagues. And, you know, I'm sure that the owners and people that financially invested don't want Nathan McKinnon missing games when he feels fine. The uh, the insidious part about it, from my from what I understand it, has always been how transmissible it is and how quickly it moves through uh, people um, and onto other people. And so, yeah, I don't know. I think that I, I really don't. I don't see an upside for them to dial it back. Um, and I think, especially when we've talked so much recently, and I think a lot of people have talked recently about how sports leagues in general needs to invest. And their players' long-term health, I think dialing it back would be kind of the reverse, going in reverse of all that. You know, Fair. two cents, two cents. We're all in there for two cents. <laughs> Switching things up, Connor McDavid scored his 200th goal this week. Turns out the kid's all right. I don't, I don't know if we all saw this coming, uh, Dave. You've long hated Connor McDavid. Uh, <laughs> is he clearly the the like his generation's? top player do you think there's any competition out there do you think there's somebody else like a Sid the kid who's still technically sitting on that throne or is this it am I just behind the times you know I think it's finally time to to put to rest that synthetic hate uh you know about (laughs) this guy I feel like we can finally all unanimously say he's the real deal (laughs) because he you know clearly through his first handful of seasons he hasn't shown us anything Uh, (laughs) Um, also, Leon Dreisaitl scoring his second, uh, his 200th goal as well in the same week. Uh, so I feel like that duo is there to stay. <laughs> if that wasn't the biggest no-brainer, I don't know what is. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, good for him. It was it wasn't a question of you know 
if, it was when, more or less. Um, what blows me away, though, is that uh, he's, what, fourth? The fourth fastest player to reach 200 goals? He did it in almost half the time, which is ridiculous. I think it took him 241 games or something. Um, I get yeah. it, different era, different uh, style of play, different goaltending. Um, but, yeah, congrats to congrats to Connor and, and Leon, too. Um, Ty, if you ever want to trade either of those guys, uh, just let me know. Um, I'll take them off your hands but, you know, for, for a great price. Uh, but uh, it was it was just a matter of time. I can't wait to see him hit 600. What do you think? Do you think he hit 600? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I swear I thought Dave was going to say Austin Matthews was in the same category as Connor McDavid. I thought it was coming. <laughs> I was waiting and I was going to explode. So I, the respect for Dave has gone through the roof. This guy is unbelievable. Right? No, I just like, didn't want to bring it up because I'm not in the same tier yet. You know, like McDavid's got a ways to go. <laughs> okay. Oh, that was a good one. Oh my gosh, he is. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he's next level, man. He's he's um as a, a Flames fan that gets to the honor in watching him just destroy us four times a year. Yeah, he's he's pretty <laughs> he's pretty special. Um, it, it, and like Dave said about the Wayne Gretzky. Could you imagine watching somebody like when I watch Connor, he's putting up all these points. He's like, what played five games. He got 13 points. Imagine watching Wayne Gretzky, like just rattle these goalies. You know what I mean? Like we have a special player here and we get to watch him every night. And we've been blessed with Sidney Crosby, but I think the mantle is, is now Connor's and his alone. And you know what to me is fascinating about this whole thing. There have been so many games in Connor's his, in Connor's career that they've, they've blown the team out the start of the third period Connor, you know Connor sits on the bench because they don't want to you know risk injury they they want to get the fourth line running they want to get you know more players involved so in those games like Connor's not playing near as much as he normally would in a in a close you know in a close match so imagine if Connor was out in the third period like he was in the first for all of these games I feel like he'd be far far ahead of what he is now yeah, yeah, I, I agree. The one thing, there's, there is one fault, and as the Flames fan, I will say this, and I'm sure, you know, we heard it with Crosby too. Um, I don't want the NHL and Elliot, I think we talked about it on the last pod, Elliot Friedman said uh, the NHL kind of is thinking about, you know, star players should get better treatment, all that with penalties and all that. Connor can, he's a nasty player, man. He dishes it out the same way. Like, what was it, the second game he threw Quinn Hughes with a slew and an elbow into the goalie? Like, and gets away with it. I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of crying happening about this guy not getting pe- uh, pe- more, drawing more penalties. But, man, do we, like, where are you guys on that? Like, I'm, I'm cool with how it's been. Like, hockey's a physical sport. I think star players don't belong to have more treatment. You know what I mean? If you're not going to call that on, say, I don't know, somebody sucky like Mitch Marner, or you, like, <laughs> you shouldn't call it on Connor McDavid. No, I uh, I agree with you there. I I don't think that hockey needs that. I honestly don't think basketball needs that. Um, but here we are. I think hockey has its own way of dealing with that stuff. Um, and I don't just mean like fighting and whatnot. But it's it's few and far between in hockey that there's a guy that in the NHL that that can't stand up for himself at all. You know, maybe yeah. a guy that bites off more than he can chew. Chew like when Svechnikov tried to fight Ovi. But <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> That's just, it's just kind of the environment for the most part. It's most of the guys that make it to that level, their, their minimum level of toughness is 
is high enough that we don't need that. I don't think. No. And the, the conversation around double standards is just so such a slippery slope, right? You, you can't, you can't introduce a, a double standard anywhere or else it's just going to run rampant. I, I feel. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Well then exactly like what, well, maybe the home team should get better calls. Maybe, the, <laughs> maybe the higher ranked team in the playoffs should get better calls. You know, like are we playing sport or is this purely entertainment? Because that's that's what it is when you start changing the rules or sliding the gauge on that rules to suit the situation for the entertainment value, then, you know, basketball becomes a little bit more like the globetrotters and a little bit less of 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 an athletic endeavor. You know, know. that's my opinion. Uh, Let's move on to uh, the last headline I have here. Um, uh, Let's move on to uh, the last headline I have here. I think the most exciting one, uh, we almost missed it. I was, I was hunting and I found this and it, it made my day. So this week in their ongoing troll war, <laughs> the Carolina Hurricanes marketing team created the website, didthehabslose.com. I encourage any of you to check this out. I unfortunately did not get to check it out in its original form. Since its inception... It has been hacked by <laughs> presumably Montreal Canadiens fans. So now when you go to didthehabslose.com, you are met with a lot of Hurricanes slander. Um, I think this is hilarious. Uh, even, the, even the marketing team uh, on the Hurricanes are, are fine with this because they said this actually, that, that like, you know, cyber attack basically raised it's the raised its its views by even more so it's it only helped them from their standpoint i think this is great i think this really falls into the level of harmful fun and and really like engaging the that 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 the excitement and the fan base so i don't know i like fun i like entertainment i think this is where we should be putting our, our energy and our time not in manipulating the rules to suit the star players um i don't know do you guys consider yourself a couple of jerks or uh, or do you hate fun <laughs> uh i'm a big fun fan over here uh big fun guy uh <laughs> i uh i quite like it you know it's it's rare to see uh any nhl rivalry get started via the media teams <laughs> usually you see that on the ice um, <laughs> but I, I love to see that extra dynamic coming in um, it'll be interesting to see how that transcends onto the ice um, obviously we know Kotkaniemi scored in Montreal and uh, the fans weren't too happy about that um, great player by the way Matt I don't know if you've ever heard of him um, loosely familiar but uh you know, I love to see the, the the back offices get involved in, in the team rivalries. I feel like that's great for the game and uh, kind of hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love everything about this. I also love when Sebastian Ajo was doing his post game and they said, well, how is it like beating your old team? And he said, they're not my old team. And like referencing that he, he also signed an offer sheet. Hey, I will say Montreal fans not being happy with Cockney Emmy makes absolutely no sense. Like, if you think about it, if you were in his position and your career high in points was 34 and somebody just offered you 6.1 million, yeah, you would take it too. But let's keep this going. This is, we're talking so much about Carolina. It's it's amazing. And not even about the product on the ice, just the social media. Yeah. No, I think it's awesome. I, I, I'm with you. The, uh, the fact that 
he, you know, the fans were, were greeting him with that kind of anger. It's like, I get it. Like Nat's part of the being the fan, being a fan. And, and the, you know, they largely seem to be on the same page. And, and so if that's what they wanted to do and they're enjoying that, then that falls in line with like, Hey, this is fun. This is entertaining. And this is a great story. Um, it's fantastic that, that he scored in that game and that they came away with the win because that's just going to cement that, you know, what could have been something that was just a front office and a media thing. You know, now the fans have had this guy leave for a big contract, came back. They were rude to him. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how else to say that without swearing in some ways. So I'm just going to stick with that. They were, they were rude to him. He scored and walked away with the W. So I can't imagine they're going to be warmer to him the next time they, he rolls in. And I think that the Hurricane fans are going to remember that and uh, take note of that for when the Habs eventually visit uh, Carolina. So, well, he's yeah. got to be over the moon too, right? Like going from the, you know, see when seeing what's happening in Carolina and how they finally have a goalie in Frederick Anderson. Um, talking to Emmys in a winning situation, and Montreal is in a real, I think they're closer to Shane Wright than they are making the playoffs. So, Agreed. good for him. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing that could have made that goal better is if he had a, a fan in the stands that he could have just Connor Garland death stared yeah. right into him, right <laughs> through his soul. Yeah. Well, he's gonna it's gonna need a little bit more uh, training, I think, before he gets Connor Garland level of sass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Barry looks like a pretty happy-go-lucky dude. <laughs> All right, moving on from the headlines, boys. I want to hear. Your biggest surprise of the season. It is young, I know, and the, but there are some surprises out there. Dave, so far this season, what is your biggest surprise? What's taking you back the most? You know, I got to say, and I don't know if I'm stealing ties because this is the easy one, uh, the upside-down NHL standings. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Buffalo up front, Columbus up front, San Jose. You've got, oh, man, Detroit's winning games. Uh, and you've got teams like Tampa Bay. Uh, the wagon that is the Toronto Maple Leafs, they're, they're in the bottom. Uh, you know, I don't think any of us predicted that Buffalo would come away with the record they have currently. Um, and, hey, maybe it's, a, maybe it's a Jack Eichel thing, you know. Ty, if you want to trade him my way, just let me know. <laughs> this is the um, third player. <laughs> but I think, for me, it's the all the under – you know, all the teams that are supposed to be underperforming are overperforming and then vice versa. Like, look at the Pittsburgh Penguins. Like, the the beating that they laid on Tampa Bay in game one, six to two, uh, they just drudged the, the Leafs seven one. Uh, that's We could do a hole in the pot in that game, but we won't. Um, you know, Buffalo seemingly scoring goals. Figure that one out. Um, you know, I think that to me is the biggest surprise so far. It will correct itself. Uh, as all things do, but uh, for now, I'm kind of enjoying it. I mean, my bet three six five account is not, but for me, <laughs> it's going pretty. I'm enjoying watching it. Dave, uh, that was very Thanos of you to uh, to you know to tell us that all things will be perfectly balanced. Yeah. Um, what is not balanced is how you basically gobbled up all of the uh, surprises of the year so far. Uh, Ty, did he leave you with anything? Is there anything left that you were surprised by? Well, he, he started off with the upside down. I was like, oh, sweet, he's going to leave me mine. And then he dabbled into it anyways. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. 
that that team yep. is the biggest surprise. You know, Tristan Jari last year in the playoffs got absolutely shredded. Then they come into this year, they have no Crosby, no Malkin. Latang goes out one game. They have like destroyed teams with we we talked before we jumped on, like Dominic Simone, who couldn't crack Calgary's lineup last year. Um and Jeff Carter, you know, we've talked lots about him. Jeff Carter is all of a sudden a, a stud again. Um, and also, I, I would say another big surprise is Anton Lindell. You know, he's drafted a couple of years ago, and he's second in points in rookies. And on that Florida team, could you imagine getting any deeper? You know, all of a sudden you have a top rookie there. So, yeah, those are my two biggest surprises. But, yeah, by far, Pittsburgh Penguins. And like Dave said, Buffalo's not staying there. Uh, San Jose should fall, right? Like, I don't know, they lost today. But, yeah, Pittsburgh Penguins. Nice. Yeah, well, uh, what wasn't a surprise uh, was that my top surprise definitely just got completely gobbled up. I, uh, if there was any hope of me mentioning Pittsburgh, Ty, you put that to bed. Thank goodness I had a backup, and I want to give a shout-out. Maybe this is – I don't want this to come across the wrong way as a surprise, but I was surprised – with 30 seconds left in the game last night, down two goals, the Seattle Kraken fans didn't go anywhere. They, they, they panned around and everybody, you know, stayed in their seats to the very end. You can say that maybe it was because it was an inaugural thing, but I mean, two goals, left, two goals down, 30 seconds to go, and the fans weren't even standing up getting ready to go. Um, I was surprised to see that. I want to tip my cap to the fans for, for the committing to the very end. I will be again surprised if in February they're still in their seats at that point, because I don't think most NHL fans we're always every, everybody you, you've seen it everywhere. And you probably guys probably experienced it. You're always like thinking like, can I, can I get away and miss the traffic and not miss anything? You know, maybe I can, maybe I can get that early train back home and I don't have to cram in with everybody else. So yeah, but I, I was surprised and, and kudos to those guys. Ty, what what questions are burning or, or more importantly, so that we can have, you know, everybody chime in. What one question is burning a <laughs> hole in your pocket right now that you need an answer to? Like, and this is going to, I don't know if this is going to sound dumb, but I maybe I'm not used to it. Are, like, are the Edmonton Oilers for real? Like, you looked at the pre-rankings before the season starts. Some teams, some people were high on them. A lot of people weren't that, that high on the defense or the goaltending. Koskinen's now won three in a row. Mike Smith has been solid. You still have those two. And now you have Zach Hyman, who I thought was overpaid. He's got five goals. So are the Edmonton Oilers for real? And do you think this is the year that they're going to go for the cup or even make a running? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great one. I think think they've got uh, all the pieces now that uh, Zach Hyman's in there. You know, being a Leafs fan, I did get to watch him play a lot and, and putting my fandom aside. I feel like he is one of the great puck retrievers in the league. However, you also have to look at the additions of players like Warren Fogley, who is really basically a, a poor man, Zach Hyman. So they've got that grit now. They've got the leadership. They've got those pieces that they need. Um, to me, their defense is a bit suspect still. You know, it, it's only a matter of time before Keith probably loses a couple of games due to injury, just given his age. Um, but I think they're the real deal. I think they could make it, you know, this might be a hot take, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking uh, conference, uh, conference final. There you go. Well, it sounds like you're pretty, uh, I think that was not eating you up, Dave. So what, what question <laughs> is, what's, what's burning, up, burning you up right now? What do you need to know or what do you need answered? My question is, what the hell is happening in Chicago? 
I that mean, is a great question. You, you bring in Mark Andre Fleury, you bring in uh, Seth Jones, and you, you basically give up your firstborn child for him. You, you know, you've <laughs> got the return of of uh, Jonathan Taze. You've got all the return of Kirby Doc included. Like, there's all this positive um, growth and potential there. Um, but my God, I, I don't know if it's just me. Seth Jones looks out of place. Um, I haven't really noticed Taze too much on the ice. Um, you know, the Mark Andre Fleury, he's okay. He's okay. I wouldn't say ve- like reigning Vesna okay, but uh, man, with all of these positive developments in Chicago, um, it's questionable to see. Like, I, I don't know what's going on now. Is it a head coach thing? Uh, you saw. I don't know if you guys saw him. The, the head coach get booed in the in the season opener, the home opener in <laughs> Chicago. Um, he's, he's a young guy. He'll bounce back. I mean, how long has he been in Chicago now? Like three, four seasons? Like, has he lost the room? Is it time for him to go? Like, is it, you know, what what is the missing piece here? Because they seem to have all the players, but they can't put it all together. Yeah, that's fair. I think uh, I was, I, I think that I might have given him a, a little bit of a jinx when I uh, got on board with them making a crack in the playoffs because they are not living up to that. Um, they do kind of look like a mess. The only thing I will say is that uh, that firstborn child they gave up uh, is probably going to have a better life now than it would have in Chicago. So good for <laughs> good for that child. That's a winning right there. Um, I get my question is, and I think this is going to split the room. Is it is it time to panic in Toronto? I mean, how? Like what? What's what's the what? The, at some point, you, there's no more excuses where it's like, oh, the goaltending needs to be better, or we needed this, or the coach is this. At some point, you just need to to look at the team and be like, there's some talent here, but maybe they're not that good. You know, sometimes, sometimes the 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 sum is not greater than than the pieces. I, don't know, I butchered that. But regardless, is it is it time to panic in Toronto? Do they need to do something big? Dave, do you want do you, do you, oh I'll take this one right away. I'll take this one right <laughs> away. Run with it, buddy. Yeah, I'm I'm like and I'm gonna be like I don't know how critical, but I'm gonna be you know, you, you went out and you thought Peter Mrazek and Jack Campbell was gonna carry you. I love Jack Campbell. Peter Mrazek can't play twelve ge- twelve games a year. Your defense is suspect, <laughs> right? Like it is super suspect. And you still have Mitch Marner. John Tavares and Austin Matthews eating up so much cap, like so much cap and, and, and the lander. And like Dave said, you let Zach Hyman uh, leave and you're trying to fill Nick Ritchie in that spot. Now. I don't know. Like, do I think they're going to make the playoffs? Yeah, they'll probably make the playoffs. This team is too good. They have too many talents. Marner's been like invisible. Uh, Austin Matthews has been invisible, but no, I, I think I don't like, you, you can't get rid of the coach. You just signed them. Like is Kyle Dubas really the genius everybody says he is? Because the team that he's put forward, he mostly just inherited. Like, really, what has he added? Last year he thought Felino was the answer and paid like his his second child for him, right? Got nothing out of him. So I don't know. I I I I'm not high on the Maple Leafs. And I, it starts in the goaltending and then goes on defense. And watch next year Morgan Riley will not be a Maple Leaf. And, you know, that's the, that's the part that breaks my heart the most. It's not so much panicking about the immediate term Maple Leafs. You know what I mean? It's the fact that it's it's Morgan Riley's last year. Um, is he a top, top defender in the league? I would say no. Um, 
but you know he, it's, he's on the last year of his contract. How are we going to make the space for him to come back? Um, it's nice to see some growth in our young defensemen, Sandine, Lilligren, that kind of thing. But I don't know. It's I'm more panicked about the next two, three years as I kind of see this thing sliding downhill a little bit more um, as we spend at the deadline, as we try to make that push past the first round. Um, is it too early to panic for this season? No. I, I feel like whoever threw his jersey on the ice the other night on at game five, bit of an overreaction. <laughs> but as a Leafs fan, I get it. Um, you're right, though. Uh, you need the Matthews, you need the Marners to show up. Willie Nylander has been actually a pleasant surprise. Um, out of that, out of that quad, out of the the four players there, he's probably been my least favorite uh, since entering the league. No disrespect to him, uh, but this year he's really <laughs> stepped it up. Um, is Dubis the genius? I feel like I feel like his playbook had some some good reasoning. Uh, I think he got bit a little bit because of the COVID thing, not increasing the the, the salary cap as he had expected. That kind of played uh, a small, a very, very small part in it. Um, like Ty said, they're going to make the playoffs. But I mean, man, it's painful to watch. <laughs> um, we all knew Mrazek was going to get injured, but after two periods, that was a bit soon for me. <laughs> <laughs> was, oh, man. Um, and yeah, I you know as as a fan and as a hockey fan, I really did believe that Morazic and Campbell were a great one A one B option. I mean, going into the game against Pittsburgh, uh, Campbell had a, a .953 save percentage. Like that's that's not nothing. Like that's pretty incredible. Um, that's probably changed now, but <laughs> it's uh, it, it's painful to watch. I'm not panicking. I'm telling myself not to panic. Um, I'm panicking about the next two or three years, though. Yeah, that's fair. I think that, uh, yeah, I, I, I asked the question. I don't know what they could do really differently. Um, the only, honestly, the the only Hail Mary pass I have in my head um, is to uh, trade John Tavares. Um, now, don't just trade him to trade him, but uh, if they could flip John Tavares, Change the leadership in that room. Um, they probably already missed their opportunity to bring in a true veteran leader. Uh, but I don't know. I, okay. I think that John Tavares is an amazing hockey player. He seems like a decent guy. I don't think that you're going to able to replace his like on-ice talent as easily. But if we're going to look at things that could change or ways that could be improved – maybe look at the leader who's never really gotten his team anywhere in the NHL professionally. I mean, he, he languished in New York uh, and then he got this opportunity to play for a borderline super team where he's not even the best player on the team. And they, they also can't get anywhere. You know, they can't get out of the playoffs, you know, throw it back to the comparison between uh, McDavid and, and Matthews. I think McDavid has a has a slightly better playoff resume. Now it's not something I would brag about personally. It's not exactly successful, but you know, conference finals is 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 okay for a young guy. I, I will say I agree with you, Matt, that you gotta trade somebody. And I'm not saying you gotta trade them based on their talent level. Their talent level is through the roof. They're all star players. I think in a cap world where you try to, you know, just give it to all your big boys and let them eat, and then hopefully you fill it up with a whole bunch of Jason Spezza's who has played amazing. I will say that, right? 
Yeah. I, I don't think you can move John Tavares. Here's why. Toronto's never been able to get big free agents. And the biggest free agent they ever got was John Tavares. You know, the PJ scene, you've seen it for three freaking years, how great that was. But uh, I, I just don't think you can move him. And you named him captain over Matthews when that debate was huge. And I hate to say this because I actually really do think he's a hell of a player. Mitch Marner is probably the guy that needs to go. You don't want to weaken your center ice. Willie Nylander, like Davis said, has been really good, right? But I'm sorry, when Mitch Marner held out and said he wants Austin Matthews money, buddy, you're not you're not Austin Matthews. You're a hell of a hockey player and you're top class, but I don't know. that If I was going to move anybody, and the only reason I'm moving him is – because of goaltending, you don't have cap to sign a big goaltending. You don't have cap now to even sign your your best defenseman. Um, and and yeah, that's why. They didn't even have cap enough to call up Michael Hutchinson. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, I you know, I do Matt, I'm with you there. I, I've thought about it and like Tavares is probably the odd one out in the strangest way. Um, love him to death, but he's not a game breaker anymore. He's not the guy that's going to set up his wings for 60 points a season. Like he's, I don't know what's happened to him in Toronto. Um, he's still, he's still a top tier player, but he's not the John Tavares. I think we saw in New York. Yeah. So maybe I, that's the, move. but he's still a point per game player. That's like, fair. Like 82, like he's still like really good. Like he's really good. Maybe 82 other... games his first year, 88 points. 63 uh, games his second year, 60 points. 56, 50 points. And this year he's got five games, three points. Like, he's still really good. Well, that's why – yeah, but he's really good. But that's the thing is, like, you're, you're going to have to trade somebody that's really good because, A, you need something back. And, B, you need the room to see that this is, you know, this is not happening. We're not going to let you guys just – yeah sleepwalk your way through your rest of your career the other side the other the other hail mary pass that i don't i think maybe makes even more sense in some ways or maybe it's just uh you know the 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 story writer in me is sending austin matthews to arizona for i don't know i think they have like 45 picks in the next two years uh maybe get a ton of draft capital around christmas and then spend it like crazy to bring in solid players and make a run, make this, you know, maybe the room is split because Johnny is the, the captain, but Austin's the best player on the team. And, and he's so cool and he doesn't care. And he's not impacted by this. And, you know, maybe you ship him out, you bring in a bunch of talent and then you just like, Hey, work hard guys. Get out my, there. My inner hatred for the Leafs is screaming. Yeah. Do that one. Do that one, please. <laughs> like right now, do that. Like, don't even think about it. Just do it. But no, that's probably that's probably too storybook. I think that yeah, this is all of our armchair GM <laughs> yeah. opinions coming out right now. Uh, <laughs> Matt, I will correct you there. You did say he's the best player on the team. I would argue that he's the best player in the conference. Uh, you know, it's gonna stop you right there. Yeah. Oh <laughs> no, I'm gonna let that no, that's fine. I'm gonna let that go. We spent we spent a lot of time slandering the Leafs. Um <laughs> We're going to let that hot take go? Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, because I need to leave. Dave needs to have something to hold on to. Okay, uh, that's fair. And if that's the illusion that helps get him out of the bed in the morning, um, you know, I, he, Dave's a friend. I don't want to crush him like that. I mean, <laughs> it's everybody knows that's a bad take. <laughs> <laughs> Even me. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> 
<laughs> oh man. All right. Let's uh let's wrap it up with our way too early predictions. Uh like what do you think, based on what you've seen so far? You know, have fun with this. Ty, what do you what what's your prediction that you want to make right now for this NHL season? Like a wild one? Um, be as wild as you want. I don't, you know, don't. I'm going to say the Blues win their division. Wow. Well, where, where's your hot take? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's my, that's my way too early looking at the standings and what I've seen in games. Hot take. There you go. Prediction. I can endorse that. Dave, what's your, uh, what's your positive prediction for the Blues this season? <laughs> 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 well, let me just go puke for a sec. Uh, let me just yeah. <laughs> no, feel feel free to uh, to get away from the Blues. Uh, feel free to get away from the Leafs, unless you you know just really want to hurt yourself some more. But uh, what's you know, it, I, what do you think? I, I feel like I'm a mature uh, adult. I feel like I recognize I need some time away from my team, so I'm going to leave the Leafs alone. Um, I've got two. I think uh, one. I think Arizona is going to be the fastest team to secure the bottom in NHL history <laughs> they they just I, I mean I think they, they knew this was coming but I think I feel mathematically it's going to happen way quicker than anyone thought uh, yep. number two number two I'm going to go with Zach Hyman scores 35 goals ooh yeah I like it 35 I, I, either 35 goals or 70 points I, one or the other I think Zach Hyman I know, I know, Ty. You thought he was pretty overpaid in that contract. Oh, he um, is overpaid. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, throw me on that power play unit, I could probably score twenty. Um, but <laughs> I, I feel like he does it. I think he gets either thirty-five goals or seventy points, one or the other. What's his career high? Ooh, I think he had like twenty, twenty-five, maybe. So twenty-one and then forty-one. Ooh, that's a. Do you think? Do you think that, like, you know, we talked a little bit about rivalries uh, and, you know, kind of new and, and stoking rivalries earlier. Do you think that, like, maybe Kyle Dubas takes, took that as a personal slight, you know, kind of like, how dare you overpay my players? I'm the only one that overpays my players. <laughs> you know, like, do you think he just sits up at night and he's just like, I'm going to, one way or another, Edmonton will pay for this? <laughs> he's he's plotting his revenge already. He's gonna what he's gonna do is he's gonna get fired from Toronto, and in about fifteen years, Edmonton's gonna hire him as GM, and he's just gonna Shirelli the hell out of that team. Yeah, I was just, just I'd watch I'd watch your RFAs, Edmonton. That's all I'm saying. Watch your RFAs. Um, <laughs> my uh, my bold prediction. I feel bad because I had no idea Ty was gonna go out the Blues, so I I don't know. I didn't think we were going to be this focused on them, uh, but I, I, I'm going to say it here. Vladimir Tarasenko will be traded, but it will be after the season as the two-time Stanley Cup winner. Oh. <laughs> so that's we my have, prediction. Is it we Tarasenko have gone be, off the rails. Tarasenko will be traded <sighs> in the offseason. And he's, they're going to get a boatload for him. He's going he's gonna to score 35 goals this year. Um, they're going to trade him to some needy team. 
uh, like Toronto that, you know, needs somebody that's won it and can talk to the boys in the room and, and rally the troops. And it'll, it'll fit in perfectly after they trade Mitch and Austin uh, and Johnny T and they're looking to rebuild. So, yeah, that's not tied into the prediction. That's probably going to happen. It's not, it's not my prediction, but my prediction is Vladi Tarasenko gets traded in the off season. As the two Stanley Cup champion. <laughs> <laughs> no mention of a con Smythe in there, hey? Surprise. <laughs> I mean, I got to keep it reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> now we're keeping things reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, boys, that was a, it was a great show. I appreciate everything. I'm glad we didn't get to talk about fantasy too much because I don't have anything to say. Just tears to cry. Uh, but we've got a couple minutes. If you guys want to brag about uh, picking up wins this week, go right ahead. Ty? Uh, I'm, actually, <laughs> uh, I'm closer than I thought, but we're going to find out. I, I will say this, though. People are going to listen to this pod, and they're going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, they know a lot of things, and they're going to get to the end and hear that hot take, Matt, and they're going to be like, I just wasted an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, time in the same boat, man. I, uh, I thought I had this this week easily won, uh, but the Toronto Bulldogs are uh, hot on my tail, and it's, it's getting too close for comfort. And you know what's going to happen is since Dwight has Lankin in net, Chicago's going to win their first game of the year <laughs> <laughs> and completely send me reeling. Fire sale at the Hardings, uh, at, the, at the Hammers, uh, you know, compound. And uh, that's it. I'm just going to mail it in for the rest of the year. And I'll be the first one there. <laughs> <laughs> great show. Great show, guys. Thank you very much, uh, Dave, for joining us this week. My pleasure. Ty, thank you, as always, for uh, for being the <laughs> to, for being the Jack Campbell to my Mrazic. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's all for this week guys thank you so much if you haven't already please 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 subscribe um to our subscribe to the pod so that uh, you get our episodes when they come out we're working on coming out every week on time that's the new the new goal if you haven't already as well by all means please go out there on the twitterverse and find us at pucks or heads puck at heads puck that's right very easy to remember at Heads Puck for the Puckheads podcast. It's almost as easy as our name. Yeah, just just look for the matching logo and the bad takes, and you should be able to find me and Ty there. Um, and uh, yeah, tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody, please, because I need to stop going to my regular job. My goodness, <laughs> this podcast needs to take off. <laughs> And uh, to my coworkers, if you're listening, can't wait to see you tomorrow, Monday morning, bright and early. Let's get at it. Oh, my gosh. For Dave, for Ty, for the Puckheads Fantasy League. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.